Man, I wish I had that fit head. It's just going to be like a perpetual thing, right? You're going to order something every after every single one, and then there'll always be something like trailing for the next one. This podcasting caper is expensive, isn't it? Except for Martin. But you know what's great? <laughs> We're going to hear each episode go past, and you're going to be evolutionary. You're just going to be getting better and better, and I'm going to be wallowing in my own crapulence in the same state for episodes to come. I'm going, wow, that Martin's cheap. You're the benchmark, you know, it'll be like, do, do we actually get better or is it just throwing money away? Probably the latter. <laughs> you're the control. You're the control. That's what I should call you. I think there's a place where people could tell that now. What would that be if they have feedback for us? Yeah, we have a Discord server all of our own, don't we? That's what everyone is doing these days, right? You can join the chat right now. You can You can type live while we record. We're not streaming this live, so I'm not sure how that'll work, but... You could join in and type stuff. So what do you need the Fethead for if, I mean, it sounds, I think it sounds fine. Or is this just like, are you maxed out at this point? Yeah. So my gain is set at about 95% oh. and I just worry that, well, I feel sorry for the little box to be perfectly honest. I think it shouldn't <laughs> have to work that hard. Okay. That's fair. So for the listeners at home and ignoramuses like me, can you explain what the word that sounds like Fathead means? <laughs> yes, well, all right. I am using now a Rode Procaster microphone. I've upgraded from the Rode Podcaster microphone. Last week, I was actually using the Audio-Technica ATR2100X as a stand-in. This one's much easier to say. So a head is something along the lines of a cloud lifter. Basically, you plug it in between your microphone and your audio interface, and it and you provide it with phantom power. Which is like the coolest term ever. Phantom power. I know. That's just awesome. You don't even have to know what it is, but you know you want it. I'm thinking of the guy who dresses in purple. It's Billy Zane, right? He comes with the whole product. <laughs> yep. He comes running in the room with a little cord and says, what do you need? <laughs> and it's not just phantom power. It's 48 volts of phantom power, which sounds even sexier. So yeah, so you plug that in and then because this little device just looks like a little bullet, basically, plugs in between your devices and then you can turn the gain down to about probably 40 or 50%. So it gives you more, um, you know, you're not driving everything as hard is the theoretical. Now, whether that actually matters, I don't know. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos. I've gone way too deep and overboard, but I figured I've gone this far into it. I have to see it through to the end. Yeah, it's the point of no return now. Yeah. Are either of you golfers by any chance? Used to be. Used to be. Because I'm feeling this whole audio journey that you're going on is very much like the rabbit hole that you fall down when you get a golf set, a buggy. Oh, wait, I need this. And then the fethead's sort of like that little extra club that does that thing that's a little bit between the fairway and the bunker, but you're not quite sure. And then suddenly you've got to get the covers on it. Oh, no, but those wheels aren't as good as these wheels, so i got to get that for my buggy. And it just goes on. Do you feel like you're in that vortex at the moment? Yes. That's 100% accurate. You're, you're effectively buying things to fill the gap of your inadequacies that actually aren't there, but you feel like they're there. It's probably cheaper than golf, though. To be fair. Okay. And I think that I'm already better at podcasting than I ever was at golf. You don't need a whole bag full of microphones. You really only need one, <laughs> technically. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but usually you just need one. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving towards a half set at the moment. <laughs> and no one's dropping their microphones in sand or water, so that's a plus. <laughs> Andrew, do you have something to report about some products that you purchased? 
I went shopping. You remember we had an Apple event. Not the most recent Apple event, but the one prior to that where we, we got a new Apple Watch. Which is weird, right? It's been two weeks since we recorded and, and we're already having to say not the most recent Apple event, but the one before it. Like That never happened before. It used to just be there'd be one and you knew exactly what you were talking about. Uh, I bought the new Apple Watch. So I was moving up from a Series 1 to a Series 6. Oh my goodness, guys. This is an epic upgrade. Absolutely zero regrets about it. It's it's kind of like what I hoped the Series 1 was going to be when I bought it all that time ago. It's like it has now become sort of the thing. Absolutely loving it. The always-on display is excellent. I know some people, you know, complain about the dimming and the loss of animation and all that, but I don't care. I can just look at it and see the time, right, which is kind of good because I do a lot of client meetings and there's nothing more rude than sort of having to shake your wrist around and look and tap. And even if you're not trying to be rude, it is perceived as such. You don't even have to be looking at the time, though. That's the worst part is it could be a total – it could be a a notification about – you know, an emergency or something. Yeah. Just you're checking and it just naturally, because it looks like it's a watch that you're just checking the time. Yeah. And you always had to do this overly exaggerated arm lift that (laughs) made it look like you were really trying to rub in the fact that, (laughs) hey, I'm looking at my watch now. Why don't you wrap it up? And it's like, no, I'm just, I had a message. I just wanted to make sure it was nothing important. Yeah. Just throw in a little twiddle of the digital cram there just to justify that extra time there. Like, (laughs) oh, he he must be doing something really important and scroll. (laughs) on that device yeah because if you look at your phone people just think you're rude which okay that's fine but if it's a watch it's like oh i'm wasting mr big time's time over here oh sorry and it's like time's money man yeah exactly (laughs) so that i totally agree because that was definitely a stigma in in meetings from like apple watch zero to five i guess how's your blood oxygen it's looking good. Good. 98% generally. I got it to 100 once. I guess that's even better, right? Do you know what it's supposed to be? Because I have no idea. Nah. Okay. No idea. I think 96 plus. Doesn't 100 just mean that you're pure oxygen? <laughs> that seems dangerous. Pure too, baby. I don't know if you're familiar with Carl Pilkington from the Ricky Gervais show, but he always said jellyfish mm. are pointless because if they're 98% water, just add 2% and then you've just got water. So you're just essentially pure <laughs> oxygen at this rate. <laughs> Pretty much. The other thing I can attest to is if you're at the gym and you're doing a plank and you have to plank for like 45 seconds or something, much easier to quickly glance at your watch with an always on counter trying to get you through your seconds rather than trying to like get your nose and tap your watch with the nose or something to wake it up to see if you've survived your 45 seconds. Yeah, that's a big seller. I can see why Apple Fitness has become more of a thing because you can actually see your counts. The Apple Watch nose move has always been one of the most embarrassing things, but I totally did it all the time. The haptic crown, Martin, you said that the haptic crown, if it didn't have a haptic crown, it felt broken. Okay, I I understand what you're talking about now. Having not had one before and having one now, it just seems right. I was surprised when you actually said that because I guess I just don't remember, but I thought it was always there since the very beginning. Because it feels so natural. But then I looked back and yeah, sure enough, it wasn't. It'd be like having an iPod that didn't make the clicking sound when you scrolled on it. Yeah. Which was the original with the physical scrolly wheel, but people forget that. It's like, oh yeah, it just does that thing. That was a great feeling, by the way. That thing felt so good. 
Yeah, so, and then I've been using the sleep tracking. I've been sleeping with it to sort of see how little sleep I'm getting. I'm clearly, I'm about an hour and a half short every night of what I should be getting. The only thing I would say I'm not loving or I haven't got right yet is a watch face. I still feel like I want an analog display, but I still can't pass the analog display as quickly and as accurately and just as well as like a real watch. So a lot of the time I still end up being on a digital display just because I can read it better. And I know how to read an analog watch, but it just, I don't know, there's something about the way it works. It just my eyes don't interpret the time. And I've tried all sorts of settings and different faces. I just can't quite get it right. So what do you want now? GMT one. That one offers you an analog time, but then also just shows me what it is in Portland which is helpful for this today. So I can tell you it's 6 a.m. in Portland. Um, usually I'm using like it, one of, is it the digital modular, just the classic, you know, three icons down the bottom and something in the middle and a time. It's amazing how personal and different this can be because I can tell you the only face that I truly love and enjoy using is the entirely blank, simple face with the minute, second and hour hand and the date completely blank with no complications. Essentially, what I love about it is when you look at the edge of the OLED screen, you have no concept of where it ends. It's just this plain face. And then I use the dock to get to the most used app. So I can imagine that sounds completely barbaric to a lot of other Apple Watch users who like to tap directly on complications. But I love looking down, seeing a watch, and that's it. The number of times I'd go, oh, that's the temperature. Wait, what's the time? It, it, it just distracted me. It just annoyed me. That is very interesting. I try to set mine up to where I have to interact with it as little as possible. If I never have to touch it, I'm very happy. So yeah, so I use the, I think it's infograph modular or something like that. It's got three on the bottom, kind of a bigger one in the middle, one in the upper left, and then the time and the date in the upper right. Yep. It usually works. I think I have a couple of different ones of those set up for different times of the day. But other than that, yeah, I I, I like to... And it's not because I don't want to interact with it. It's just like if I don't have to, then I don't want to. But it's interesting how each of the three of us have a completely different reason for why we like yeah. each of those faces. Yep. Yeah, for sure. How do you do your workflow for the sleep thing? I, I never really got that figured out in terms of you know having things charged enough and i mean it's easier now being home obviously because it's like oh crap i'll just go throw it on the charger but previously i used to use two different watches i'd use like my old watch for night i hate that it's awful it, it's a terrible solution but do you find that it works okay just kind of trickle charging it here and there or what's your what's your strategy yeah that's that's pretty much what i'm doing so it'll be Evening time, I get, you know, sort of between six and eight o'clock, probably, you know, I'm dealing with kids and all that, might be having a shower or anything like that, and I'll put it on the charger at that point and just let it juice up. It doesn't take very long, and then I'll put it on again at, you know, after that and wear it to bed. In the morning time, I may just chuck it on the charger again, you know, while I'm getting breakfast ready and those sorts of things, and then put it on when I'm starting the day. So it's sort of like two two mini charges. Yeah, I would always forget it on the charger and then it would be like hours later, like, ah, damn it, it's charged, <laughs> but now I've missed like all of my circles. Yeah. Actually, have you ever left the house? Well, let me put it this way. I can't not have my watch on. It's just weird. 
Have you ever left the house without your watch on? And if you have, did you say, I have to go back home and get it? Did you just suffer through the day? Or did you go to the store and buy a new watch just so you could have a watch? (laughs) (laughs) That's the Jason Burke approach right there. (laughs) What did you do and have you ever done that? I have forgotten it and felt weird, but not bothered to go back and get one and certainly have i've gone from a series one to a series six so no i haven't bought one although te- maybe i'd be tempted to buy one of those little casio jobs from the chemist i've uh, done that once and i drove back to get it because i realized as i was driving i couldn't handle it but natasha's told me a bunch of times that she's been at school i've got the message from her at work going oh no it's at home i'm lost what's going on and i just think well your day's ruined and I, I've offered to go to bring it. She says, no, 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 it's fine. I just needed to let you know what you've done to me as this <laughs> Mac infiltrator. Now I can't live without this thing. Amazing. One other thing I'll say as well, I've answered phone calls on this thing and it works. Mm-hmm. I tried doing that with my old one and it never quite felt like it was working properly. This one, fine. Yep. And I think the other person at the other end is hearing me. I assume so. Uh, yeah, it's a real Dick Tracy kind of thing. So what else did you get? I got the AirPods, AirPods Pro. I went to the extra effort of getting it engraved because I never do engraving. And I thought, why not get an engraving? Did you get letters or emoji? Oh, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I um didn't really know what to put on it, but I knew I wanted something. So I put my domain name. <laughs> well, if, if you lose them. AndrewCanyon.com. If, if anybody finds them on the street, okay? <laughs> Can you hand them in? It's like when you're a kid and you put your home phone number on all your stuff because it, you like are really excited that you have a home phone number. <laughs> no one's going to call you, but you put your phone number on there just in case. But overall, i got to say, AirPods Pro, not quite as happy as the watch. I've got some, I've got some issues. Wow. That's very surprising because I've had nothing but absolute delight with airpods pro listeners at home i have my surprise face on keep going in (laughs) well look i don't know if it's something i can really blame apple for i think it might be my own genetic makeup i don't think my ears are very well shaped ah okay so it's not so much the airpods themselves it's just a fit issue yeah i've changed the tips so i start came with the medium tip i i did the little tip tester thingy me bob and they were feeling like they weren't going in properly so i went to the smaller ones and they i feel like i'm jamming them in further in my ears now which i think is a good thing but i'm also having to pivot them so you know normally you'd have the little dangly bit and it sort of dangles down along your jawline almost you know i'm almost feeling like at least with one of them and this is where i think it's me not apple i kind of have to twist it so it's almost a you know, pointing out like if it was a laser gun, it would shoot somebody in the eye. And then I find when I talk, they kind of just gradually shuffle out of my ear canal and you lose that seal. So I'm constantly having to sort of push it back in. But then for the first few days when I was doing that and a couple of times I was on calls, I was so used to with the old ones grabbing the stalk and repositioning it. Don't grab the stalk on the AirPods Pro because you're going to push the button and you're going to cancel the call you got to kind of push it on its little end bit. Yeah, you kind of have to do like a like a pinch top to bottom. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. I find them more uncomfortable. I wear them for a little while. I'm like, these are hurting my ears now. And I never had that with my old ones. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. 
Have you considered any of those foam ones that you can order online? The ones that are compatible, which it's almost like memory foam, like a mattress for your ear. Oh, okay. I hadn't looked into that at all. There are alternatives that you could probably try if you're not a fan of the little cup ones. Okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one rest for a couple of weeks because I think we may have some some traction on these over the coming weeks as you use them a little more. I think. I'm hoping. Maybe not, but I hope so. I'll monitor and report back. But now we have another Apple event that just happened. So this was a big, 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 this is the one we've been waiting for. What are we doing? That's the question. Well, it's a big event, but it's a small event in the sense that the only thing that matters is the iPhone mini. But I will let you give your answers before I completely hijack about uh, iPhone mini. Okay, so I did not buy anything. I was very impressed with what was released in terms of iPhone mini. Like you said, Jason, obviously every year Apple impresses with what they can cram into an iPhone, whether it's the camera upgrades, screen, whatever. This time they went smaller, which to me, even though I'm not buying it this year, is a relief because whether it was the SE or even just things like the iPhone 7 or 8, just having something that has that thumb reachability, I was a little bit concerned they were going to be dropping that for a while because... Apple's best phones, in my opinion, have always been their smaller ones. They didn't have to have something the size of like a food platter. I won't go too far into the products because I think maybe you'll do that, Jason. But something that I sort of observed about the event and also WWDC, and I wrote a little bit about this on um, my blog in an assessment of how the keynotes go. Even though they're very visually impressive, and I think they do a great job with the transitions, the shots of Apple Park, the segways, all of this stuff... I'm a little bit concerned that if they continue this virtual video trend post-COVID, you sort of lose the novelty a little bit. I feel like having things spread out a bit does enable Apple to extend its marketing message. It can cover more of the tech news and surprise and delight and all of those great things. But it starts to feel like a bit of an infomercial. And particularly without the audience present, I mean, you've got scripted statements on stage anyway, whether it's Federighi or Schiller or whoever... But without those little moments of interaction with the crowd or actual face-to-face stuff, I sat there through a chunk of this event feeling a little bit bored. How's, how's Verizon 5G going to work out for you in Wollongong? That's what I mean, right? And I sat there thinking, why is there a very charming and humorous German man leading an American company talking to me in Australia about a network that I can't have? It was just a bit bizarre. So I had sort of mixed feelings about the presentation. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and by the way, this episode is brought to you by 5G. Um, <laughs> the thing that everyone seems to care about, but they don't know why. I would agree with that. I think the problem is there's just for a number of reasons, I'm sure that we've had this many events in such a short time. I can't imagine that's now the norm. I think maybe the video thing will be the norm, but I, I can't imagine it's going to be every month there's going to be an event because you're totally right. At some point, you're just going to tune out. And no one cares anymore. You can't keep banging that drum over and over and over. And that's something that's something if anyone knows, they know better than than most companies is that they want to have a message when they want to have a message, not just because something happened. I think fortunately, because this was the iPhone event, you know, it it didn't really matter that it was a month later because people were going to be watching it and excited about it no matter what. But I I agree that you do kind of lose a little bit of the, it's like the, it's, I just wrote about that Zoom thing the other day. It's kind of like that where everything, when it's just a video format and it's exactly the same every time, 
you start to just fall into this mid zone of like, I'm excited, but I don't really know why, but I'm here to watch. But again, it's, I don't know why. So it's a Pavlovian response. Yeah, exactly. It just, it becomes just something you have to do rather than something you want to do. So I, I, I think that'll go away. I don't think we're going to have, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I think we probably will have yet another event just because there's so much crap that needs to be released this year that's behind. But I think going into next year, it probably will be different. That being said, the products that were announced, I thought were great. I was a little bit, uh, not hesitant, but just standing on on the edge or sitting on the edge of my seat a little bit going into what these iPhones were going to be. I think mostly just because as a very long time iPhone user, not much has changed in which is a terrible thing to say. But in the sense of buying iPhones, you really would be okay not getting a new phone for a good number of years in a row. I didn't do that, but I think I could have. So this event, I think, was nice to see go into something with a little more variety. It wasn't just kind of the same thing, you know, but now it's even bigger, which it is bigger, but there is at least a smaller option now. So they did also do something I thought was weird though, that usually they were starting to go towards this, this method that every phone was the same. It just was a different size, which I really love because I always hated the fact that, oh, you want the good camera? Oh, you have to get the gigantic stupid phone that you don't want. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll settle and get the phone that's, you know, normal sized. So then they went to saying, okay, every phone has the same thing, except maybe the lower end one has an LCD. Eh, whatever. That's fine. Now it's like every phone, same stuff with a couple slight little things. You know, if you want the super ultra fancy camera, you got to, again, get the big stupid platter phone. But um, now you can get the little tiny phone, the iPhone mini, which is the best phone ever made and still get OLED, still get good cameras still get the ultra wide camera that nobody cares about and you get all the same stuff but in a form factor that a fits in your pocket and you can actually put your thumb comfortably from one side of the screen to the other so obviously i'm buying an iphone mini i think that's pretty apparent i would normally be a total iphone pro person and i'm definitely going to miss the cameras cameras are one of my favorite things but the size absolutely is number one priority for me. And I think the cameras on this are so good. I don't think you will miss the cameras. I think the computational photography stuff is so good now that I I don't think that you'll ever look at the cam- photos coming off that thing and think, oh, I kind of, I'm a bit bummed. Oh, no, I think the quality is going to be great. I think it's just that extra telephoto lens that when you, when you need it, it's just really nice to have that 2X. I don't use it a ton, but there's every once in a while where it's like, oh, if I could just get that little bit extra. And I was talking to my wife about this and she she's like, we're kind of opposite in this where I was trying to figure out, you know, of 100 photos that I take, maybe one is wide angle. And that was probably on accident. You know, 90, 90 of them are probably regular, you know, middle camera. And then the rest are telephoto, whereas she said she says she's the opposite, where she's never wide ever and then mostly 2x and then the rest being regular so i think for her if she goes with a mini it would be a bigger deal uh in terms of cameras that she would have to get used to 
It really depends what you use it for because I use all three lenses a lot, but more so for video than photography. And that just has to do with my job because mm. I often use my phone when out to do video work for work. So I, I like having that, you know, how you're actually switching between all three lenses, but they try to stitch together seamlessly through software. So I, I quite like that range. But yeah, I mean, for you, if, if that's not what you're doing, then it's not a huge deal. So you think you can survive without the telephoto? I'm going to have to because the size thing is just so... I made a cardboard cutout of the <laughs> iPhone mini <laughs> of the exact millimeter dimensions, depth, width, and length, and it is so good. You're excited? It feels really good. I'm anxiously awaiting to pre-order, and it will be in green. Oh, oh perfect choice. Perfect. That green. I love that green. I've been doing, I've been looking at the, the mini because um, I'm like generations behind now. So I have a 10R, which I had from my past employer. And then I left them and I said, look, can I just buy the phone off you? So they gave it to me for a few hundred bucks. So I had a 10R because I, I was going to a new employer. I wasn't sure whether they'd give me some Android piece of crap. So they actually gave me an iPhone SE 2. So I have at the moment now two two iPhones, neither of them top notch, you know, 10R, SE2. But it gives me an interesting insight into the two different sizes. And I remember the five, you could just hold it. Now, I could almost spin it. You know, you could spin a pen. You know, sort of do, do the spinning the pen on your thumb. I would almost do that with an iPhone 5. It was just perfectly weighted to just sort of fiddle with. So I think if I was buying one, I would probably buy the mini. But I do find the 10R is nicer. If I'm reading on Insta paper or something like that, Having that bit extra screen for whatever it's worth, I do quite like, but I don't do that often enough. And if you've got an iPad, or well, I've got an iPad, yeah, that that's where I'm at too. Like, where I don't want, I don't want a big phone. Like you want a small phone, I think. And I think it's going back to what phones are meant to be. I hope, hope, hope this thing sells like crazy, so that there is a thirteen or I don't know what they'll call it next year. Maybe we'll finally get rid of the stupid numbers next year. That'd be great. 13 next year mini that is truly everything. You know, maybe there's a 13 mini pro. They'll never tell us the sales figures, though, will they? We'll have to interpret just based on wandering the just streets. Well, I was going to say walking around, but <laughs> can't do that either. So who knows? <laughs> I reckon you'll get your wish, Jason. I reckon we'll all get our wish because... Always the issue pre-iPhone 6 and 6 Plus was the screen size. It wasn't that people wanted a gigantic phone with huge bezels. The bezels, as we all know, was just the consequence. So now that we don't have to live that anymore, people can have that large phone screen they always wanted, but something that's pocketable. So I don't think you're wish casting too much there. I think it's totally realistic that that's where we're going. When you consider that people say, oh, phones are boring now, nothing really changes. When you look over the past... 10 years, more than 10 years, the innovation has been unbelievable. It's just these gradual evolutionary steps and you end up with this thing which is almost entirely screen, mm -hmm. but for the face ID notch. And who knows how that's going to improve. I don't particularly find that in the way or distracting, but give it another few years, we're going to have something even cooler still. Yeah. And speaking mini, I think you also ordered something else, Jason. Is that right? I will be ordering the iPhone mini for sure. And the, and the HomePod mini. The HomePod Mini, yeah. Yeah, I'll be ordering one of those as well. Uh, they're both, I think, November 3rd or 6th. I can't remember which, but it's whatever is a couple weeks from now. But yeah, the HomePod Mini, I totally forgot about it. I don't know why. It's also awesome. 
and I cannot believe it's only $99. I mean, I say only $99, but when you're looking at like a regular HomePod that I think is $299, um, that's quite a difference considering you get all the same stuff. It does all the same series stuff. It does the handoff, which is going to have this new handoff thing that's supposed to be even better. It's smaller, so it takes up less space. It's a little more inconspicuous, I think, than the big HomePod. So, I yeah, we're going to get a couple of them, I think, because I just I think it's a great little device to have around. I would actually probably trade all of our giant HomePods for HomePod minis, but, I mean, that's not realistic, so we'll just keep those. But they do seem really cool. Just to clarify for our listeners as well, when when Jason says $99, he actually means $149 Australian. Just doing the conversion there for you. You take the number and then you multiply it by like 11 or something, and then you get (laughs) the price in Australia, I think, is how the conversion is working. Or the scarier price of 469 for the larger one, which is a discount from what it was originally. It kills me. Yeah, you you had typed that number in, I think, chat or something the other day, and I was like, surely he like missed the three and typed the four nope wow that's too much it's too much that's insane it's not poor dexterity it's the truth i want i want to buy another one and i just can't i just at that price with two or three year old technology i can't do it no i would definitely not recommend that but i want one (laughs) the regular home pod i think is like 400 percent more audio than i need they can go really loud. I have to say, I have a stereo pair because I bought them pretty much when they came out. And I got the second one because I managed to find uh, JB Hi-Fi here in Australia, had them discounted. And I went, okay, that's it. That's not justification for me. I'm scooping that up right now. So I love that double setup as a bit of a home theater thing with Apple TV. But Andrew, I reckon you could justify it because you said you already have one regular one, right? Yes. Yep. So if you get two minis they can be the two stereo satellite speakers and the regular HomePod can be demoted down a level to be like a makeshift subwoofer. And suddenly you have a three-speaker symmetrically placed... Yeah, well, it's AirPlay 2. That's such a good way to get him to buy HomePods. I love it. There you go. It's an AirPlay 2 home theater system in a triangle shape. It's cool. Go for it. Wow, I love it. It's like 3.1 audio right there, isn't it? So what do you use then, Andrew? What's your? You don't, you don't use HomePods because you only have one, I'm hearing. So what's your... What's your quote unquote home theater? So I have a theater. I have a home pod in the kitchen. Yes. Um, E-R or R-E. Oh, it's R-E. Don't even pretend to spell it the other way. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the theater. Thank you. Thank you. You do the, you do the pompous British better than I do. <laughs> this is the BBC. Do continue, Andrew. I wish to hear more. <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> oh. Okay. Where was I? Home theater. Yes. So we have... A pretty old now, due to be replaced, Samsung LCD TV, which I hate. We had a a friend that worked for Samsung, um, so we were able to get it cheap at the time. So it was like, well, yeah, sure, we'll get it. But it's due to be replaced, and yeah, it is what it is, but I'm not happy with it. But I keep waiting and thinking, "Eh, I'll put it off a little bit longer. In fact, our entire setup is a bit that way, because we also have a... I think it's a Yamaha receiver, black box. Weighs 400 pounds. Uh-huh. And all it does, it's, it's got a gigantic remote with about 75 buttons on it. And basically I use, well, the power button doesn't work anymore because that's been worn out. And it toggles and I have HDMI 1, HDMI 2, HDMI 3. 
and that's as much as it ever does. It is just a routing box and an amplifier. The reason I have all that, though, is because I have also old speakers, but old speakers that I love, and I don't know if they are as good as I think they are. I know I paid a lot for them at the time, and I think I'm still jaded by the fact that I paid a lot for them 20 years ago. Um, Made by a Canadian company. I don't even think they're around anymore. Good energy. Um, And they're big. I've got two big bookshelf, like tall, tall standing speakers that have about about seven speaker units within them. Then I have the center speaker of the same set and then a subwoofer, powered subwoofer. So it pumps out some really nice sound. I love them, but at the same time, I'm hamstrung by them because they're big and the way that we our house is laid out, it, they fit into some furniture we had designed, which is good, but then you have the old problem of, geez, TV's got a lot bigger than I ever anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like we currently have a 55 inch tv and the next size up is what i don't know what are they 70 65 65 yeah whatever that next size up it is like the area that i could fit it in is like millimeter tight but then the problem <laughs> is these tall bookshelf speakers are sort of within that range so they don't fit so i just don't know what to do I do have one question for you, Andrew. This furniture you're describing, I just have an image of those classic gigantic cabinets that wrap around a TV that are full of your crockery. It's not that, is it? (laughs) In a sort of way, yes, but I hope that it's a more modern take. But it probably isn't now. I think I've become our grandparents in a weird way. There's no stained glass, is there? There's no stained glass. There is is some clear glass, some see-through glass. There's, it's stained glass with the Canyon family crest on it right in the middle. <laughs> That's where your bicentennial coin is, isn't it? You're on to me. Front and center. <laughs> what about you, Jason? I've had quite the, quite the adventure in theater technology. Hang on. Can we, can we just get Martin to say that again? Yeah. Theater technology. Yeah. We used to have, you know, we've kind of gone the whole thing. We've had the whole, you know, 28.1 systems and all that crap. And I hate having all that stuff. I just don't want stuff. And then there's like the speakers behind you and you got to run cables or they're wireless and they don't work. So I, I don't care about any of that crap anymore. Um, then we went to like just the sound bar route. So at our last house, we had the whatever TV and then um, the so we used to have Sonos. We used to be a, like a Sonos house i guess you could call it prior to there being home pods so we had the sonos play bar uh, which sounds great the audio quality on it's really good and fortunately even if you disregard all the sonos special stuff it still just works as a sound bar so we were using that for a while and then when we moved here we left our old tv at our old house we got a new tv so we got um we kind of just went you know we're getting a new tv from the new house let's just go big so we got the LG OLED 77 something or other, whatever. It's a big ass TV. Uh, it's OLED, looks amazing, quality is fantastic. It runs WebOS, which is great. I really like it. It's the only TV, oh, I can't say TVOS now. It's the only television operating system that is not complete trash. Does it have the penguin pointer? Uh, yeah, it does. So it's got the little the little remote that you can yeah. move around, and it's got the little arrow, and you can click on stuff, which 
pretty good. It's I don't know. It's better than kind of clicking around it, I suppose. Have you noticed that when you scroll on that little thing, the little, little scroll wheel, it makes it sweat? Oh no, like I haven't. The penguin seen... sweats. No, it's bizarre. That's weird. oh, I know that when you get to the bottom, it does this nice little like bouncing animation to tell you that you're at the bottom uh, of the list. So okay. there's there has been actually some some thought put into it, which I I think is nice. We have all of our inputs going into the TV, so the TV is kind of the master switching thing. And initially, we hooked up the Sonos to it because we're like, well, we have it still. Let's just use that. For whatever reason, and this is going to sound insane, but apparently. If you spend a small fortune on a television, the speakers in it can actually be not complete crap. Oh, come on now. We, we've we just been using the TV as speakers. No. It sounds really good. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense, but it sounds great. It sounds... I, I wouldn't know that it was the TV speakers. It doesn't sound tinny. It doesn't sound hollow. It fills the room. It's room filling. Yeah. Yeah, that's an embarrassment. You should be ashamed. Oh, I wouldn't tell anyone. I would only tell you guys, but it's, yeah. Tell everyone else I've got some crazy audio thing, but I'm just using the TV and it sounds great. Should we turn to Media Corner and something we've actually consumed? I would love to do Media Corner and I think it would be fun to just share something. Music, movie, book, 8-track, uh, something from the from the TV cabinet at Andrew's house. Anything, really. I got a little something. It's not from the cabinet. And it's nothing earth-shattering. It's literally just what I've been reading. I've been getting some high-quality literature into me. It's a book called Olive Again by Elizabeth Strout. Um, I believe she's one of an Oprah's Book Club favorite. Olive Again, a story, an anthology story, I would say, about a group of disparate people, almost short stories within each chapter, People living in Maine. Sounds like an amazing place. I like it. It's just an interesting reflection on what people's lives could be and that people living in, you know, one town, you know, town, city, pick your location really, is that people can have all these different lives and all these things are going on around you and sometimes it's of their own doing and sometimes it's just because that's the way life goes. All these individual stories are linked together by this character, Olive Kitteridge. Olive Again is the second the sequel to the book, Olive Kittredge. I've read them both. I really like them. Well written. I feel like you're getting a bit of, it's like reading a bit of meat. Yeah, and you sort of, you chew on it and you think about it and you contemplate it and it takes you to that that place and you really get interested in the location. It's like the location is a character in itself. My mother, apparently, bless her, I don't think she liked it. She said to me, I just want a book with a beginning, a middle, and an end. She's not really into it as much as I am. Too much meandering, huh? I believe so. I believe so. But ironically, I think she just is fulfilling the, um, she's playing the role of the lead character, Olive, I think. (laughs) Was the first book something that you normally seek out? this kind of genre no. or was it a surprise was it a recommendation how, how did it come about it isn't the kind of thing i would normally read i do like those sort of character driven books but no this is very different to what i would normally read i think so yeah highly highly recommended physical book or digital book the first one olive kittridge i have on the kindle the second one i bought as a hardcover book because i just wanted it that way 
the thing I found though, as I'm going back to the Kindle again, because just in terms of media corner, I've also bought a subscription to Readwise, readwise.io. I just bought an annual subscription. So basically it sucks in all your highlights from different reading sources, whether that be Kindle or Instapaper. Anytime you highlight anything or make notes in those apps, it basically sucks those up and then provides you with a daily review. It'll pick five or six of those highlights that you've made over time and present them back to you. And it has like a tagging system and all those sorts of things. So I've been using that as a way of bringing back some of the highlighted notes that I've read in things in the past. Because otherwise you read them and then you totally forget about them again. That's a really good point. Uh, are you both familiar with the philosopher Alain de Botton? He mm. runs the School of Life. Yes. Yeah, he gave this great speech years ago. I think it was at TED called Atheism 2.0. And he made the point that regardless of you know your own personal belief or whatever, one thing in secular society in general is that, or at least Western society, is that we read a book and we hurry up and we move on and we don't revisit things. So it, it almost sounds like there's a lot of management involved in this, but it's nice to be reminded of things that you read because too often we just read, move on and forget. We don't have that habitual returning to the ideas that we've been exposed to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's it's a nice it's nice, and some of the things that you highlight, you think, oh, that was pretty clever of me to highlight that. Inter just on the readwise, it's pretty clever as well. Like I just as a test, I had the hardcover version of this Olive Again book, and I took a photo of one of the pages, and then it does an OCR on the page, and then lets you select with the iOS app, almost like you're just using the text selection system to select it, and then it can create a highlight from a printed book. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I With the highlights, I did the same thing. I Mostly with school books, I would realize that I would highlight stuff. I never went back and looked at it. Yep. And I think the only reason I was highlighting is because it was a way to trick myself into making sure I was paying attention to whatever the heck I was actually looking at and not just like going through the motions. But if I was highlighting, it somehow made me think I need to actively only highlight good stuff yep. quote yeah. <laughs> so i think that's why that was but i never actually went back and referenced it kids these days they've got it so good i'd like to recommend a movie that we went to watch at the cinema recently if you know what that is or theater you know depending on your country of origin <laughs> um yeah so it was a movie called the translators it's a french film uh, so already you know half the audience has switched off because they don't like subtitles but you know bear with me here it's a really interesting whodunit movie i think it was actually released last year but you know how these things operate it takes a full year to reach us here in the antipodes it's about this fictitious best-selling novel and I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's like a, you know, Millennium Trilogy, like the girl with the dragon tattoo and stuff. Yep. Imagine a phenomenon like that, but it's called Daedalus. The publishing house called Angstrom, uh, with, you know, the head guy called Eric, is really obsessed with not letting the details or any of the pages of the third book leak. So what he does is he gets all of the translators from the top markets where the book sells, brings them into a French manor and puts them in lockdown, appropriate for 2020, underground for the duration of the translation period so that nothing leaks. Of course, things don't go exactly to plan and it spirals out of control. These French people made this really interesting sort of whodunit thriller about translating a novel. And it's really fascinating. I love it. That sounds awesome. That does yeah, sound it's, good. It's really interesting. And it's sort of, um, and I don't want to denigrate Hollywood because lots of good stuff does come out of Hollywood, but it's, you know, a European reimagining of a general mystery film. 
some things surprise, some things you may not like. There is a particular scene which I will say if you watch it involves, how do I put this politely, various people who don't have English as a native language singing a song in English and it just reeks of Eurovision. So you're enjoying this movie going, oh, you know, this is pretty intense. And then suddenly they're all singing and you're going, please don't do that. (laughs) And you're just cringing and then you move on and then it makes sense in the story, but you go, why did we just have to go to Eurovision 2020? Oh, that's right, because it was cancelled. You said you went to a, a, a cinema to see this. Was this, because of what's happening now, was this one of those special type theaters or, or was this at the, quote, normal theater, but they're just kind of doing different things now to, to get more people in? This one's a smaller independent one, so they don't really block the seats out, but there'll be a cap on the ticket sales as far as I'm aware. But for that movie... We went with my mum and sister, and Natasha and I did, and there were only two other people in the cinema. So we had an entire large theatre room to six people. So it's sad for the cinema, but it was a great experience to have it on the large screen and have none of the rustling plastic bags and chip packets and all of that rubbish. So it was really good. Oh, that's cool. Okay. You could throw Jaffas and hit nobody. Translation, please. (laughs) Oh, Jaffa. 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 Do they not have that in the US? Probably, but I'm sure it's not called that. It's like a choc orange ball. Like imagine a Malteser, but it's hard. So it has some, if you were to throw it at somebody, it hurts if it hits you in the back of the head. Oh, sorry. I just realized I should have translated what I just said to chocolate orange, not choc orange. More of this <laughs> contraction and abbreviation. It'll be in show notes. I'll look it up. They're quite delicious. A jaffer. No, 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 not jaffer. Jaffa. 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 Yeah, I know okay. our accents throw you off. You think everything could end with an ER, but it's an A. We got you. <laughs> or an RE. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh, God. that's true. <laughs> so moving on to my media corner, since uh, we did a book, we did a movie, and I'm glad I didn't pick either. I picked music this time, so we got something different. We didn't even coordinate that. I'm going to go with an artist slash album. The artist is Courtney Barnett. Coincidentally, from Australia, didn't even really know that, but after you listen to it, obviously. I'm no music critic, but I think the her style is just very unique, and it's the kind of music where if you went into like a coffee shop and you heard it, you don't have to even hear the words, but you're just kind of naturally into it. Then when you actually listen to it back later and hear the lyrics, it becomes even that much more interesting to you as you're hearing what she's saying. So I think the album I would start with is, um, I believe it's called Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit, I think is what it's called. That's correct. <laughs> and it's just a really good album. It's got a funny little drawing of like a weird perspective on a, on a rug and a chair, which is irrelevant to the music, but definitely check it out. Courtney Barnett, it's everywhere. It's on all your normal music things. But um, yeah, that's my... That's my pick, and it's from she's from Sydney, so there you go, full full circle on that. She is fantastic. I'm glad you brought her up. I never would have thought she would come up. But do you remember? I mean, you said you've listened to the album. Was there a song that stood out, or any particular moments? I could. This is an album that I listen front to back on generally every time. I I'm I'm not really an album person or a individual song person. A lot of times, it's just like put on some apple music radio station and let it happen but every once in a while there's an album that is just it just makes sense to go front to back and this is one of them for me if i had a big 
set of liner notes for it. I'd probably be sitting there looking at it alongside the album, but no, nothing in particular. It's just kind of front to back. I would say jump in and go for it. I mean, right from the very beginning, the very first song elevator operator is like you're in and you're going to notice like, you know, 45 minutes go by and now the album's over and why is it over? I think she would probably give a pretty good lesson in Australian vernacular. Cause like you said, she has a very, yeah, he's nodding. Yep. Um, she has a very distinctive singing style where it's almost like she's talk yelling. Yes. I know, but, yeah, I, yeah. I, I couldn't describe it either, but that's why I was, yeah, when you're in the coffee shop and you hear it, you're not even hearing the words. You're just like, yeah, the music's really good. Then you start listening to the lyrics and you're like, oh, this is okay. Yep. Keep going. Then you start hearing some of the Australianisms in there as well. And it's like, wow, this is like so much more complex than you even thought at first. It sounds simple but is complex. I, again, not a music critic, but that's that's my take on it. I've added, added it to my library. I shall listen. And that brings us to the conclusion of Media Corner. Now, look, I might be taking the show in an undesired direction here, but uh, ever since you wrote Plus Cool Accents on the website, Jason, I've been fascinated to know what this show would sound like if we swapped accents. <laughs> oh, I you don't want me to do that. There will be zero <laughs> listeners left. Is this a challenge? Are you th- are you throwing down the gauntlet here? Are we to do our best accents? I mean, if you want to. I mean, there's you've no pressure. You've seen but... you've seen movies which are generally US centric coming out of most production houses. You've heard Australian accents from movies from people that are not from Australia. And they're trying and they're getting paid a lot of money to do it. And that's still really bad. I'm here for free. You don't want that. <laughs> It'll be authentic. I know that. I think people are demanding <laughs> to hear it. I'm still trying to just learn some words that are different. The only American accent I can do is basically a replication of my dad's um, Southern Texan sort of drawl. Wow. So let's see if I, I let's see if I can try and channel my father. Oh, Jason, I wonder. What might you be talking to? I'm looking at that microphone and I'm thinking, why is it so phallic looking? It's a strange thing. Jason, are you here? Jason, my oh my. When you're addressing this court, you will rise and speak to me in a clear, intelligible voice. Oh, God. I think, we bro- I think you broke Jason. <laughs> He's gone. You sound half asleep and half like you're on some kind of like painkiller. Yeah, you pretty much summed up my dad. <laughs> like, like you just <laughs> you just got your wisdom teeth pulled or something, and they accidentally like quadrupled uh, the dose of whatever the pain meds are, I, and you're just like out there, like that kid, the, the YouTube video of that kid that got his teeth fixed or whatever, and he's just like so high in the back seat. That's what that sounds like. Wow, that's brilliant. Well, I don't have any American uh, relatives to channel, but um, I, I'll, I'll be honest. There are times when we've just gone out shopping, and I've just put on an accent going through the shops with Natasha, and she's just like, "Please, just don't do that." I'm like, "Come on, let's, just... let's be English today. Let's come on." And, no, it's not Ned Flanders, is it? It's not. No, I'll just go around saying, um, well, "Well, even in the U.S., I was walking around just to see if people would pick up, and I just say, "Excuse me, how much is this?'" They never batted an eyelid, and I thought they're either really polite. Or I'm convincing, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're probably just polite. (laughs) Or everyone just ignores everyone anyway, so they didn't even really know you were there. 
Come on, Jason. Give it your best shot. I think if you just add mate to the end, that pretty much does it, It'll right? It'll take you a long way. Mate. Talk quickly. Don't enunciate. And finish with mate. What's the name of a grocery store there? Woolies. What, see, I don't... What, Woolies? Was that W W O O? Like wool? It's short for Woolworths. Like sheep? It's actually called Woolworths, but nobody calls it Woolworths. Going down to the Woolies to get a chalk chip, mate? That's not a knife. That's a knife. That, that wasn't bad. No, no, that was good. It, it was channeling some cockney, but... Yeah. That's all I know is the... Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's how it comes out. It comes out really... Right, oh, governor. Rude. <laughs> right, you yeah, are. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to stick with what I got. I think we should probably stay in the correct hemisphere, maybe. One thing I, I want... I'm going to give you one more challenge because this is fun. Okay, I want you to say, can you chuck me a chalk chip biscuit, mate? Can you chuck me a chalk chip biscuit, mate? He, he got around the tongue twister. There are, the, there are some chitches in did. there. I've had coffee. I'm good. But it wouldn't be a biscuit. It'd be a bicky. What am I thinking? <laughs> what are you, you're not even Australian. What a fraud. A chalk chip bicky. <laughs> Have I just uh, seen the cancellation of this show due to this uh, introduced segment? <laughs> oh, yeah. If this makes it in, the whole thing is getting banned from iTunes. <laughs> or I, is it called iTunes still? What? Where's... I don't know if you find this disturbing, uh, Jason, but something I've always noticed, like you say iTunes... Australians put this ch in there. Have you ever noticed that? We say iTunes. iTunes. It's iTunes. 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 Oh, iTunes. iTunes. Not that one's wrong or right, but I've always noticed like every Apple keynote was like iTunes. And I'm thinking, I'm saying iTunes over here. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what is this guy saying iTunes when I'm saying iTunes? This is so weird. <laughs> it's like Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tunes. Looney Tunes. Is it Looney Tunes? That's it. Oh. Looney Tunes, which Looney probably tunes. just sounds ridiculous to you. And tunes, tunes actually makes more sense because it's like T-U-N-E or T-double-O. Yeah. But we're just saying tunes over here, whatever a tune is. You're just putting a C-H in there, just a little added flavor. Tunes. All these words are losing meaning for me now. <laughs> you say something too many times. I do have a, even if this doesn't make it in, I have a question. Um, it's October, whatever day mm. it is, 20th. October 31st is Halloween. Uh-huh. Is that a thing in Australia? I've been wondering about that. If, if A, does anyone care? And if they do, is it like, what extreme is it on? Is, is it just acknowledged or is it like we go all out costumes, decorating parties? What is it like there? And maybe it's even different coast to coast. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've got I've got strong opinions on this. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. Halloween was most definitely not a thing. Um to the point where we actively rebelled against it. It was like, that is a piece of American garbage. You do not we are not Americans. Don't bring it into Australia. It's just, you know, a ridiculous thing that we don't do here. Just So no. you're pretty neutral. Nobody did it. It was nowhere around. Now, I swear, since I've become a parent, suddenly everybody says, oh, it's so much fun. Let's do Halloween. And to the point where I feel like everybody's trying to relive like a scene from an American movie and make it like the most epic Halloween event ever. 
kids getting dressed up, people jazzing up their house massively. Yep. And then the kids going around trick or treating. Oh man, I'm so sad there's not a different term for it. I was hoping that you were gonna have some special thing for trick or treating, but it's just No, it's just yeah. trick. Like puzzle and lolly or it's something. Com- something, yeah. I thought there'd be <laughs> Exactly. Puzzle and lolly, governor. Oh yes, that's what they do there now. That's pretty good. Um, So no, it's it's annoying because it's just a it's a complete rip off import from American culture. So it's it's basically Valentine's Day. It's just you buy stuff. It's just a time for people to buy stuff, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's what bothers me more. So I mean, I'm not terribly bothered by the national element of it i can understand what you're saying andrew growing up i mean but these days i mean we're so saturated with american culture anyway that that's not too bothersome for me pick and choose what you want to me what's more egregious is that it's 100 percent commercial at least in the u.s there's some sort of history or cultural aspect to it or some sort of i don't know whether it's pagan or satanic element whether you agree with it or not but here it's just oh okay well we've got some shop displays that are blank between you know Easter and Christmas or whatever's going on. Let's just like, I don't know if you've seen Andrew, but Freddo's like the chocolate bars, they've got Freddo's with fangs, like a vampire Freddo, the frog. And I think this is blatant. So if there were more of a history to it, or like you said, Jason, we put our own spin on it. Not a problem, Mm -hmm. not an issue. So it sounds like we need to start exporting more ghosts to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Supernatural's fine. Just bring it over. Okay. Yeah. At least there's a reason. I'll work on that. I don't think we have any sanctions in place currently for ghosts, so I'll see what I can do. So are you having to dress up your house? You don't have kids, Jason, but are you expected to dress up your house and be answering the front door to hordes of children? In my standard 2020 answer, I don't know what the oh, hell is yeah, going on. Oh, yeah, good point. I didn't, yeah, I sort of forgot for a moment. Yeah, we just moved a couple months ago, so I don't even know like what the protocol is here in terms of you know what people are into because it varies neighborhood to neighborhood town to town i mean sometimes there'll be a town that they'll previously i mean there'd be people that would they would take their kids and like travel to a different town because like that was the good town to go trick-or-treating and and so forth so I, i don't know what it's like here currently and then on top of that i can't think of a worse thing than to have a child go to a hundred houses of strangers, reach their hand into a dirty bowl full of crappy candy <laughs> and then touch their face. Cause they've got a mask on constantly. I, it just seems like a recipe for disaster. So I, I don't know what we're going to do. My, my initial thought is to just put a bowl of stuff on the porch and never open the door and just hope it works out for him. I mean, well, it sounds better than putting it like a, bottle of sanitizer and a QR code for signing on your porch. I don't think that's very feasible. <laughs> well, my, that was my, my next thought was I would just do like a giant bucket full of hand sanitizer with all the candy in it. So it'd be kind of gross for Halloween and all the candy would just be already sanitized. Then when they took our candy, put it in their bag, the sanitizer would spread and try to help get rid of the other gross candy disease. So this yeah, is just know. sounding like a horror film now. I don't know what's coming. <laughs> bottom line it's not really a thing in australia it sounds like and you've been it's been forced upon you and now you have to do it yes i'll be honest when i was still living at home we often contemplated turning off the lights to pretend that no one was home 
just because we weren't prepared. It seems rude, probably to any Americans listening, but we went, what's the custom? Do we, what do we give them? Like, do they just want bags of corn chips? Because that's all we've got here. <laughs> just don't give an apple. <laughs> you don't want to be the guy giving fruit. <laughs> well, good. Halloween is cancelled then. Sorry, everyone. Australians, let us rejoice, for we are free of Halloween. <laughs>